Do you believe your sensitivity is your biggest weakness? That's what a lot of highly sensitive persons think and experience. I'm going to show you that your sensitivity is actually your greatest strength. We will discuss all kinds of topics related to being a highly sensitive person, have inspiring guests and above all, give you all kinds of information and tools so you can learn to use it as a strength. My name is Annette Zwart, life coach for highly sensitive persons. Welcome to Sensitive and Strong. So great, so I wanted to give some uh, attention to specific ways that HSPs can learn and thrive and to cope with daily life uh, better and to learn some tools that can help with that. So today I have another special guest, which is Kate Breslaw, and she's going to share with us about uh, EFT, which is also called tapping um, and how you can use that. So Kate is a holistic EFT practitioner, a forager, a herbalist, a yogi, and the founder of an integrated life. And she specializes in helping you heal past wounds and release trauma, negativity, and limiting beliefs, enabling you to live with increased inner peace. And she combines EFT with other modalities and techniques to help you reduce and release anxiety and to over and overwhelm to create more joy and harmony in your life and both innerly and with the world around you and in the winter months you will find her in the forest mostly and her favorite place where you can join her for a foraging workshop or a day retreat and she runs also a, a free online monthly meetup for hsps and she has a facebook group called holistic eft for hsp um, and a six-week therapeutic program for HSP. Um, and she will shortly be starting an online tapping group for HSP as well. So welcome, Kate. It's great to have you here. And I'm happy that you're willing to share your knowledge. Thank you very much, Annette. I'm very happy to be here. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great. I think it's very interesting. I've, I've heard through the years a little bit about EFT and tapping, um, so I've never done much with it. So I thought it's it sounds like a great way for HSPs to deal with, with some of their anxiety. So maybe for the people who don't know you, um, maybe you could share a little bit about your personal HSP story and how you became an EFT practitioner. Okay, so that's actually interesting because they're kind of combined. Um, I'll start with the tapping, the EFT, that I, I learned about it on the internet. There's an online summit once a year, and we're talking 12, 13 years ago. And so I was self-taught, and I learned through the internet following videos, and I certainly felt an immediate change in my emotions by doing the tapping and jumped sort of eight, 10 years later, sort of in my late forties, I kind of went through a bit of a depression, felt I hadn't made any lasting changes. I said, I suppose I, I felt I hadn't fixed or changed any of the things that I really wanted to. Now I say that word fixed, I know for you as a therapist as well, we're not really trying to fix things, but I think it relates to the highly sensitive stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't know about high sensitivity. So I kind of went through a bit of a depression, gave up all my tools, wasn't really doing anything. And 
sort of part of my inner journey going through the depression, I stumbled on high sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you know, and most of us know, sort of the penny drops. And I also realized that a lot of the things that maybe I'd been trying to fix or, or heal within myself, that was just me. <laughs> you know, there was nothing really to be fixing about it. And it gave me the awareness that I could then go back and use a lot of the tools that I developed in the past, not to sort of fix or change myself, but I could certainly use them to manage my emotions and manage aspects of the trait. Um, so that was how I sort of became aware of high sensitivity. Um, at the time, I was also, or maybe a year later, I started tapping a little bit, but I hadn't got back into it that much. And I was actually, had, I had a really bad sort of lower back hip pain. And sort of, you know, there were days when it was like hard to walk and I wasn't really someone that sort of had a lot of pain in the past. And I'm not sure why or how, but I started listening to, uh, I tuned into this online summit again um, for tapping. And the first lecture that I listened to was about back pain. And the woman was saying, you know, a lot of times back pain, lower back pain, you know, it's about sort of feeling that no one's got our back. And I sort of had to run upstairs and find my journal. And I knew when my back pain had started in, in the previous November. And exactly the same time I've got written in my journal, no one's got my back. I really feel, you know, I'm on my own. Wow. And that connection sort of really wowed me. And so I started getting back into the tapping. And this was already maybe a year now after I'd learned about high sensitivity and I'd started up, uh, I sort of immersed myself to start understanding it more and set up a monthly meeting, like in-person monthly meeting in a local community project and wanted to do tapping with the group there. And at the time I was, you know, maybe I'll find a, an Israeli practitioner who can just give me the translations rather than working out all the exact points and everything. Yeah. Spoke to a practitioner who said she doesn't do it in Hebrew, but she does do uh, practitioner training. And I think within a month I signed up with her. Wow. And so that was like three or four years ago. And that was the start of getting back into tapping. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. love how you say that as HSPs that we can't, we don't need to change or fix ourselves, but just mostly for, for a main part, we just need to accept and, and embrace what we are instead of fixing it. Because I think oftentimes we feel like there's something wrong, but um, once we understand what it is exactly, then it's like, oh yes, accepting it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, great. So maybe you could explain a little bit like what is EFT and, and um, how does it work? <laughs> okay, well, I'll start off explaining the basics and then we can see how much deeper we want to go in. Yeah. First of all, it starts for, it stands for emotional freedom techniques. And often people forget the S at the end of techniques because there are various different techniques and styles within it, uh, EFT. Now, literally what we're doing, we're, we're using our fingers to tap on some of the acupuncture points, the endpoint meridian points, and at the same time vocalizing 
whatever challenge or issue that we want to work with. And it's a very, very gentle technique. You can do it on yourself. And just the science has proven that somehow we're changing brain chemistry. We're sending messages directly to our brains. And it's used for, I mean, we can, we can work with simple and complex emotional issues, physical issues, trauma, negative beliefs, back pain, as I said, I did. <laughs> um, Sorry, I lost my train. Lots of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I lost my train of thought and going different directions. I think what, what, what I wanted to say is that there's, in a sense, there's two kinds of ways to tap. We've got the self-tapping that we can just do on ourselves, and then there's working with a practitioner. So the, the self-tapping, which is kind of what I was doing over the years when I first started, it's great. I mean, what we're doing with tapping, when I say we're, we're, it's sending messages to our amygdala, which we know is responsible for our emotional responses. So the immediate effect is that we're bringing down our anxiety and we're calming our mm -hmm. systems. But the difference between self-tapping and working with a practitioner is that it's harder to get to the deeper issues. So when I learned how to tap and was just doing it on myself, it was great if I had an interview or I had some kind of stressful situation that I wanted to be calm with beforehand, but I hadn't really managed to heal any of the deeper issues. Mm -hmm. So yeah. those are the kind of two sides of tapping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great indeed. So you already mentioned... Uh, um, it's it's a tapping with your fingers but how does it work exactly i mean do they have a specific order with with uh, you have all the um, i mean i think most people if you've seen a video then you know that it's like specific order like the front of your head and then under your nose but is it always the same order or are they specific uh patterns so to say so that's actually a great question it kind of relates to how tapping first came about Tapping was developed by someone called Gary Craig in the late 80s and early 90s. And it was an extension of something that he'd learned, which was uh, TFT, thought field therapy. And in thought field therapy, they were tapping on different points and they had specific orders of, the, of tapping on the points to, to work on specific issues. And Gary Craig developed a, a system where we have like eight or nine tapping points, and we use them in that order. But having said that, it's a very flexible technique. I mean, when Corona came to town and people didn't want to touch their mouths and faces, so people were missing out that point, those points. Mm -hmm. Great thing about tapping is we've also got finger points. So if you're at a dinner party and you're, you're a bit sort of stressed or you're not enjoying yourself, you know, you can you tap under the table just on the finger points. Mm. You can just use one or two of the points, but in general, most practitioners will use a specific order of the points, maybe slight variations, but in general using specific points. Yeah. Well, that's a great explanation. I didn't know that, that it's, it's different, uh, different parts you can use. So, and you've already mentioned also, so you can use it for back pain. <laughs> uh, 
And what 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 are other examples of, of what you can use it for? If you would think of HSPs, like what would be really good for them? Okay, so like I said before, we've got the whole list of, you know, we can use it for food cravings, addictions, physical pain, emotional pain, emotional box. For me, I think what I love about it in relation to high sensitive, highly sensitive people, I guess um, if we look at Elaine Allen's Five to Thrive, mm -hmm. and I don't know that we need to go through all of them, but you know, we've got reframing the past with a new understanding of high sensitivity and using the reframe to heal past wounds. So on that level, I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. When I first found out about high sensitivity, I think there was a lot of resentment, um, you know, sort of all the things I put up with or received and ways people have spoken to me or told me how I should or shouldn't be. So it's great for reducing and eliminating the resentments from the past and also using it to heal those past wounds that, that we have. I've worked with some clients recently who are sort of new to HSP and suddenly understanding sort of why they were treated a certain way and how they reacted and using the reframes of understanding the trait, we can then go back and heal those wounds. Yeah, well, that sounds great. So you can really use it then with a lot of different situations from what I understand from you. Yeah, I mean, another as aspect, it's, I know that not all highly sensitive people are empaths. Um, I certainly pick up a lot of energy from other people when I'm out and about. And there were, there were, it took me a long time to know, like, you know, I could walk into a room feeling great and half an hour later feel absolutely terrible. Yeah. Home and without knowing about the highly sensitive depth of processing, I'd be spending days sort of thinking, you know, well, what, what did I do? And, and maybe I said something and why did they react that way? Or why did, why was someone so off with me the other day, you know? And suddenly, you know, when you realize that a lot of this stuff isn't yours, you can, you know, I love the tapping, what I do, but I wouldn't recommend it to other people, especially if you've not got an automatic car, is, you know, let's say I've left a place and I'm feeling pretty stressed or just uncomfortable from some of the energies that I've picked up. I can literally, and it comes back to your point about tapping and which of the points, while I'm driving, you know, using one hand, tapping on the under the nose point or the chin point mm -hmm. of tapping, just reducing and letting go of the of the energy. And I'm already home, clean and clear, ready to get on with what I want to do. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Yeah, I know that's a lot of lot of for a lot of HSPs that it's really difficult indeed to 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 work with those energies that you pick up during the day with other people so it sounds really great for that um so i was wondering like what if i don't have a clear problem can you still use it or do you really need to have a specific uh, description of what you want to work on okay so we can have general tapping let's say you know we're just feeling overwhelmed i mean we can come to the overwhelm in a minute um the most effective way of tapping and especially, I guess it's the expertise of the practitioner is the more specific we can be, the faster we can clear the problem. 
So if we do have something specific, then we want to be as specific as possible. Often we don't know consciously the details, but the, the that's the tapping. The tapping can allow the memories and the details to come up. And that's also the expertise of the practitioner to almost like a detective asking the right questions to, to facilitate the right memories um, and experiences to come up. Yeah. So we want to be as specific as possible, but then tapping also works. I mean, we can tap silently. We don't even have to use words. So if we're just looking to use it to reduce our overwhelm, to reduce anxiety in the moment, we can tap silently. Tapping is in various countries where children have experienced traumas from war. And yeah, often tapping silently. You don't even need to use words. So it mm. what you want to use the tapping for yeah. in, in order to know how specific you want to be. That's great. Well, that, that brings up another question for me, like is, is with all EFT practitioners, do you have like a, a specialty or is it like a general, like if you need someone for a specific issue, do you go searching for a, a, a specialized practitioner or uh, can you just yeah, do with anyone? Okay. Well, I know your listeners aren't going to see the big smile on my face. But over the past few years, uh, and I think, you know, I even wrote a song about it of not wanting to niche. Um, <laughs> so if you go into EFT International is the main international organization that, that certifies people and it kind of keeps a monitor and control and high standards of practitioners. And they've actually got in their list of directories you can look up the practitioners and people have chosen what their areas of specialty are. Mm. I have colleagues that work specifically in the business world for people building their businesses, um, locks in building their businesses. Mm. So there are definitely people that specialize in different areas, anxiety, trauma. Mm. You certainly can find people with specifics. It's almost like my, my niche kind of found me. I sort of still haven't committed to saying I will only work with highly sensitive people or I will only work with something specific. But I guess it's partly related to my own experiences and my own journey sort of, I seem to attract clients who undervalue themselves or even if they're not aware of it, just a lot of pain and, and trauma from, from the past, from being misunderstood, Mm. Um, yeah I guess there, there's both for example my, my mentor and teacher she doesn't have an issue she works with all kinds of areas and she's incredibly successful yeah yeah well, I guess that's the funny thing with with niches that um I think the best niche is the one that finds you and not the one that you go chasing after as a coach I had the same problem like when I finished coach training like what is going to be my specialty and then I also first like well I don't want to work only with HSPs but also uh, they found me more and more so I think that's that's the best way to get it that people find you and you see suddenly like oh that's my niche <laughs> Definitely. But that's I mean, great. Great. What, what, sorry, what, I, what I'd like to add about that, and especially working with highly sensitive people, why I think it's such a great tool is because we are actually changing brain chemistry. 
Um, an hour of tapping the scientists, we can change 72 genes in our body. Uh, we're reducing the stress hormone cortisol by 43% uh, in an hour of tapping. And so, we, like we said earlier, we're not necessarily looking to change ourselves or change our trait, but somehow the more tapping we do, it, it creates changes within our minds and within our nervous system and body. Mm. us in not reacting as strongly maybe to some things that we did in the past helping us to create boundaries yeah yeah well that's amazing that it has such a, a great effect i think and is it also that how how often do you have to do it is it like you could do it like from what i hear from you you can also do it for a short period but to to for it to be really effective how how often would you need to do it um so you can just do a couple of tapping rounds there i was before i jumped on this call with you i did a couple of tapping rounds just to bring down any kind of nervousness um if I'm working with a client and they're having, let's say, a weekly session, I would definitely encourage them to try and tap during the week. And the people that seem to have the fastest results are tapping during the week rather than just doing it on a once a week basis. If I'm working on a, some specific issue that I'm trying to resolve in myself, then I'll be wanting to tap certainly more regularly. But I guess it's, it's like anything, you know, if you look at the gym, you know, you could you could go once a week and you're going to get benefit. You could do 10 minutes a day and you're going to get a benefit. Mm. Um, but I would simply say that, yes, the more we do it, the more the more effect it has and the longer lasting, you know, the, the, the changes are longer lasting. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I think that that's, that's with often with, with all kinds of things, the more attention you pay to it and the more you, like what you said with working out, the more you do it, the better results you have. So that does make sense. Yeah, but not to put, you know, people off if, they're, if they've not done it before and they wanted to try, even just one or two rounds immediately brings down your anxiety, your stress levels. Yeah. Five to 10 minutes just really can have an effect. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I was thinking also, um, do you need to uh, be in person with someone or can you also do it online? I'm guessing that with Zoom these days, you can have also like vision. <laughs> added. Yeah, that's 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 what's wonderful about tapping. Um, I think in the early days, a lot of people, the practitioner would actually tap. And you can see some of Gary Craig's videos, early videos of actually tapping on the client. He was using his fingers to tap on the client. Over the years, that's changed, partly maybe because of laws of, you know, touch and, you know, client mm -hmm. uh, um, boundaries. But basically, you can, you know, when I have a tapping session, I'm tapping on myself and, I'm, and the person is mirroring me. So yeah, it basically can be done online, on Zoom, People were doing it on, you know, through the telephone before we even had Zoom and video calls. A lot of the older practitioners certainly did it on the telephone without even seeing their clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you also use it for children? Yes. In fact, uh, I was I just started reading an article a couple of days. Um, I think I got distracted, so I didn't finish it. But there was an article of 
the of it being used in schools. A lot of people around the world are trying to take it into schools. I've got some friends, you know, friends, colleagues who are working with children. And I mean, you know, it'd be great if it was just a basic thing we were, you know, we were taught to do. Why, you know, why can't we be taught how to tap? You know, in yes. in first grade, literally in first grade, you know, sort of, oh, your attention. They don't need to know all the science and the details. They just need to know even a couple of the points, you know, tapping on going around. Yeah feeling good today I'm not feeling good today I'm not yeah. and just and while I'm saying that in case people are listening of why am I saying I'm not feeling good I think it's worthwhile pointing out that we tap on the negative in tapping hmm. and we're vocalizing you know sort of this pain in my back all this stress and a lot of people especially in recent years you know with this positive and think positive it's like well, why are we tapping on the negative yeah and it's this idea that in order to actually shift something, we need to sort of be at one with ourselves and accept and acknowledge that we're actually there. So often we just tap on the negative and it's enough to release it. Sometimes we then move to the positive. But we don't actually have to. Sometimes just tapping, tapping on the negative can release it. Wow, that's interesting. I think, I mean, often what you said, often times people want to focus too much on the negative. And I always think like you, you need uh, on the positive, I mean, and then if you focus only on the positive, I don't think that's working very well because I mean, it's like yin and yang that, that you need both, that it, it's both there. And if you're not acknowledging the negative, then you also can't see the positive fully, I think. So in that way, it's, it's great, but that's curious that that sometimes you only tap on the negative and you still get the results. Yeah. 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 Amazing. That's great. Um, let's see. Actually, what, what, what you just reminded me, um, you know, like I said, before I found out about high sensitivity, you know, I was doing all the self-work and the self-development and I really did make, being positive my default and I think that was sort of late 40s when you know when I, when I told you that also I went through a bit of a depression I think I woke up one morning and realized being positive isn't the same as being happy mm. you have to be very careful with this sort of be positive be positive because we are often bypassing and not getting to serious issues that maybe we need to bring to the surface and resolve yeah yeah, absolutely. Totally true, I think. Absolutely. So does it work for everyone? I'm glad you asked, because I actually made a note to myself that I wanted to bring that up at the very end. Um, I don't say that, I, I don't want to say, and I wouldn't say, EFT is great for all highly sensitive people. Um, let alone saying it's great for everybody. We all know that there are a lot of different techniques and tools out there and different ones work for different people. I have heard from a very small handful of highly sensitive people that tapping actually overstimulates them and it, it didn't feel comfortable for them. Mm. And tapping also, I always suggest to my clients afterwards, you know, or, or you know, to ensure that they know that it, even though it's such a gentle technique, because it's energy work and we're shifting energy, they can get quite tired. I mean, you can have clients, you, you know, if I see my clients yawning within seconds, I know they're not bored. I know the, the energy is already moving around the body, but it 
you can feel very tired afterwards or a little bit tired and I always advise them not to rush off to something but I don't I don't advocate on any level that it's good for everybody I think everyone needs to find the right technique and tools that work for them yeah well I think that's that's great advice there are so many different techniques and tools and then everything that you can try out and, and indeed um, I think also that's what I'm also always saying to my clients there's no uh specific description like this is the hsp and this is what you need to 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 feel better and to have a more fulfilling life so i think each hsp is very different so you really need to find um something that specifically works for you and so yeah very true <clears throat> um so um is there anything else you want to uh add about the tapping <laughs> mm. discuss benefits i think i'd like just to say a word or two about online videos mm -hmm. i think maybe i kind of covered it earlier there are an incredible amount of online videos even i myself have made a few videos over time for people to tap along to um I wanted to be clear to people that it's called, it's almost like tapping light. Mm. You'll certainly feel a benefit in the moment, but if people are really serious about getting to the core of the issues or, or working on serious issues or trauma or anything like that, I would highly recommend them doing it with a practitioner. Mm. Um, even yeah. myself, I, if there's something that I really want to work on, and you know, it's sort of hard sometimes to do it on yourself, I'll at least work with another practitioner at first just to get to the core of the issue, and then I can continue tapping on my own. Yeah. So, yes, if people are interested in learning and reading up about it, um, certainly try some tap along videos, but don't be too you know, under any illusion that you can do some really serious and deep work yeah just by tapping along to other people's videos yeah so if you're really serious about trying it out and and seeing if tapping works for you then your advice would be to go to a practitioner so you can have the more uh the the deepening of uh the tapping itself yeah definitely i mean like i say you can learn how to do it through watching videos mm -hmm. but often the question you know it's it's it, it's a it's the difference between immediate self-help first aid that we can do on ourselves or to to, to like I say to work on deeper issues so yeah makes it makes a lot of sense i think to to if you want to go deeper and to really solve an issue then you have to uh, have to have someone there with a specialty about uh, how it works and how you can get to the deeper uh, layers yeah so if if people are interested uh and and want to get in touch with you do you have a website or uh something like that what's, what's the official word my website is under construction <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm on facebook i have a facebook page which is an integrated life uh, in integrated life EFT practitioner, it kind of incorporates all my foraging and herbs as well as the tapping. And I have a group, uh, Holistic EFT 
for HSP. Mm, great. So I'll add um, that into the description of the episode so people can look you up if uh, if they want to. Um, all right. So I think we're almost at the end uh, of our uh, of our conversation. So anything else that you want to share as closure? Um, well, first of all, to thank you very much for inviting me. And also very much to thank you and all the international consultants in what you do in spreading the word and helping educate and educate people to understand the trait. Uh, it was certainly helpful for me the first year or two, just re you know reading uh, Dr. Aaron's books, but also you know shifting my way through a lot of stuff on the internet. But I think there's something very beneficial about the knowledge that you all share and give and provide. Well, it's my pleasure and, and thanks for being here. I love talking to you. And uh, I think it's a, from what I'm hearing, it's a great tool for uh, HSPs. And uh, so uh, thanks for being my guest today. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. The great thing about tapping, we're using our hands. You can take it everywhere. Yeah, that indeed is, is absolutely great. You can also do it everywhere once you know how to do it. <laughs> absolutely. So great. Thanks for being here today. And um, maybe someday we'll get to have another discussion. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Annette. Thanks, Kate. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening today. If you want to become sensitive and strong as well, visit my website highsensitivecoaching.com and sign up for my newsletter which comes out once a month with information about my webinars, programs, coaching sessions and all other activities. Join me next time again at Sensitive and Strong.